You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. My name is Andrew, and we are excited to present to you part two of A Night with a Million Miracles. This is a conclusion of an interview with Paul Estabrooks, one of the members of Project Pearl. Project Pearl was the project that delivered one million Bibles to a secluded beach in China in one night. If you missed the first part of this episode, you can find a link to that in the description of this podcast. In the next few minutes, we're going to hear about what happened that night, how it went down, and how long it took to get the Bibles off the boat and off the beach. And then we'll hear about the impact of the Bibles and a story about how just one Bible impacted 400,000 Christians in China over the 15 years after Project Pearl. It's an incredible story, and you don't want to miss it. So let's tune in and listen to Paul. So the actual delivery was almost anticlimactic. It, it was two hours. We arrived at nine o'clock at the beach. There were just loads of Christians that they'd lined up uh, waiting in the bushes on the edge of the uh, sand. And uh, we backed that barge as f- close as it could get to shore. So the little three little rubber boats we had could tow those blocks in. It took us two hours. We had hoped to do it in an hour, but it was very hard to practice something that big. So we, we took twice as long to get it done as we had hoped. But in, in those two hours, God protected us. Nobody stopped us. Nobody came near. That's an, another whole long story but uh, that I found out more about years and years later from Chinese Christians locally there. So we were able to leave at 11 o'clock at night on June the 18th, and there were a million Bibles on the beach in China. In fact, by 3 o'clock in the morning, Almost everything was off the beach. They had they had trucks, they had vehicles, they had bicycles, and even the very simple transit of a of a carry over the shoulder carry pole, a Chinese style. If you think about it, with with two boxes, a forty five pound box on one end and another one on the other end, and they just carried these poles over their shoulders off to their homes or wherever they were storing all of these things. So it was it was one miracle after another and we knew that god we none of us was super concerned about ourselves because when you see god work miracle after miracle you're going like whoa this there's something going on here that's beyond what can be seen with the natural eye and understanding so the other stories of course are all about the impact of project pearl okay you know i mean you can imagine with a, a growing church in China, how how impacted they would be. Well, I'll get to that um, actually yeah. in, in just a minute, if that's okay. Yeah. But I wonder if we could go back to the, uh, the the night itself. And you briefly mentioned practicing something like that. Did you have like rehearsals or things that you were afraid were going to go wrong that you had planned over and over? Could you talk a bit about that? We, we spent uh, a couple of months in Hong Kong before things were ready to be to be uh, delivered into China. They had to have everybody's agreement, the, the Christians inside. It had to, be, had to have the captain's 
agreement about the tides. We had to, you know, ideally we wanted to be there nine o'clock at night. Chinese people eat late. That would be supper time for many of them, even the guards, which we later learned was the case. So there were so many factors that had to be in Hong Kong. We were in Hong Kong. And so we would take those little boats and go out at night to to prepare our eyes for working in the dark. You know, mm-hmm. you can actually you can actually train to to see things without lights. And, you know, the funniest thing was the Hong Kong um, the naval police were suspecting that we were smugglers of people out of China because we had some fast boats besides the little rubber boats that would pull these blocks in order to practice. And we'd be out with one of these Boston whalers that could just go lickety scorch. And they're going like, what are you guys, you know, and our, our cover was that the captain really was a, a um, a sea biologist, a, a marine, a marine biology man. He was actually working on some of the reefs, the coral reefs that were being wrecked in the Philippines. And we were under his cover, which was called sea biosystems. So we were marine biologists by, by uh, observation, at least as people looked at our situation. We were, when, pe- when any authorities asked us what we were doing, we would say, well, we've got some books on board here that we're, we needed to, you know, do something for a little extra project. And we're, we're sharing, you know, because when we left Hong Kong, our next harbor, uh, you have to notify every harbor where you're going to be next, where you're going to. You have to register that every time a ship leaves a port. So we registered home back in the Philippines, which was indeed our next port where we were going to stay. But we had a little side trip on the way. So in Hong Kong, we practice our night vision with the little boats. But that's all. I mean, mm-hmm. we would we would tow some. The captain had built some sample wooden boxes the size of those one-ton blocks, and we would tow those boxes around just to see what would be some of the, the challenges of it. So there, yeah, we did do some some practicing as much as we could. But uh, the rest of it was all just planned down to the the time of the tides and you had to make sure it was done just like that yes and oh. and we had never ever taken those blocks off of the the barge so there were problems one of those electric doors just didn't work right and mm-hmm. so the guy in charge had to literally take a uh, hammer and smash the chains so that the door <laughs> the door would go down wow. and we could get it off and then um then the pumps when we were pumping out the when we were lowering it it, it lowered okay, uh, although one side, which we wanted, was one side tipped slightly so that it would slide, things would slide down. Uh, then then the, one of the pumps didn't want to work when, when we were leaving. So we had this crazy barge that's almost submerged and on a side, and it's, it's curving and swerving as you're towing it because of the way it is. And they're it took them about an hour before they finally got that pump working and get the barge back up to normal looking. But mm. when we left, we looked kind of funny with this fishtailing, you know, barge coming along behind us. So there were just, there were certainly lots of obstacles and challenges. You had mentioned earlier a particular Bible verse that was sort of the reasoning behind why you decided to move ahead with Project Pearl. And on the night of, was that verse running through your mind or was there a particular scripture that people were repeating or a prayer or something like that? 
Yes and no. Uh, that was the theme of the whole thing. Lord, we need we need your guidance, and, mm-hmm. and we need you to show us how to do something. We don't know what we're doing, because except for the captain, the 19 guys that were on that ship had never been on a ship before. Uh, we had, of course, devotions every day together as a team on the ship as well. And each each when you're running the ship, you have six four-hour shifts or watch, watches, as the, uh, the ocean-going people call them. And we would always start every watch with, uh, with prayer, with the team. And then and as a group, they would have devotions all the time. When we actually got there that night, I don't think we were, we were all programmed to do what, what, what we were expected to do. And though that two hours went by like, like that. I mean, it just seemed like nothing because we were busy, busy, busy. Just, I was in one of the small boats towing in the blocks with a colleague in the, in the little Zodiac, rubber Zodiac. And, and we would tow those blocks. They'd be, they'd be tied together in like a chain. And we would tow it in till we got close. The, uh, the, the Chinese men came out in the water, some of them right up to their neck. And we would throw them the lines of that, of that block. And they, then a bunch of the guys would get this line and they would pull those, they pulled those one-ton blocks up until they were on the beach, uh, up, you know, up where they could then cut them open and, and, and uh, daisy chain the boxes inside uh, up, up to the um, tree line. Our time, our two hours went by very, very quickly because yeah. we were really focused on what it was that our, was our part in the, uh, in the whole over the, the, the whole project of getting those things to these people. I just trying to picture what it would have been like to be there uh, in the dark, doing all that work and worrying. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a dramatic well, situation. One, one, one of the ironies again, uh, Jared is that, um, uh, we practiced for a full dark night, and on the night of June 18, it was full moon. Oh, yeah. That's when the tide is high, and that moon, there was not a cloud in the sky, and that moon was shining that's, down on the beach like a torch, which was, which was why we were surprised that nobody stopped us or saw us, because it was so, I mean, we're sitting, we're, we were sitting ducks, as you would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going anywhere quickly if we were trying to get away. Did and, you have uh, any kind of excuse planned up if someone had stopped you? Like, was there? A story no, we or... no, we no. were. We it was all. I mean, if we were actually stopped by authorities, or and and you know, the other thing I didn't tell you was that this area we were in is where the Southern Navy of China mm-hmm. is moored. We actually went. We actually dodged through anchored. A troop carrying ships as we went into the beach that day. <laughs> so wow. we were we were we were we were just delivering Bibles. What what actually happened too was that there were fishermen sitting out on the rocks. There's this little rock area at the side of this cove where we went in, and uh, they were there fishing uh, when we arrived. And so the Christians said to them, "Hey, come on and help us." So they came over and actually helped them because, I mean, all they are are cardboard boxes. You, know, you don't know what's in them. And they never told them what was in the boxes. But, you know, there's an awful lot of those boxes coming in. So hours later, apparently, one or two of the fishermen went into town and they told the authorities that, that um, a boat had come and dropped off some cargo out there on this certain cove where we were. We called it Michael Beach. 
And uh, they told them that that it was a bunch of Russians because one of the things we crew members had had agreed we weren't going to shave until Project Pearl was completed. And so we, you know, I actually had black hair in those days. I even had hair. And uh, uh, the all of us had these bushy black beards, <laughs> except for one blonde guy. We had one blonde guy in the group. And uh, and they they saw us, those of us in the boats, the little boats, they, they could see us very clearly. And they assumed by our look that we were Russians. And so they told the authorities that a bunch of Russians came in a boat and dropped some stuff off off that beach. And it was just boxes. You know, they didn't know what it was until they, they got there later. And by this time, everything was off of the beach, but they found some boxes under the trees and tried to destroy them. But they couldn't. Have, uh, books are very hard to burn unless you have one monstrous fire. And uh, so they threw them in the water. They threw a bunch, even, even uh, boxes of those Bibles, they threw them in the water. And uh, the current pulled them uh, out of the cove and around the bend down the river to the city of Santo, where, which is where we were near. And um, uh, fishermen there, little fishermen, picked them up as they saw these things floating by. And so Christians began to recognize that the fishermen in town had some of these books. And they went and bought them all from them. And uh, so it was an easy delivery uh, (laughs) because of the waterproof waterproof wrapping. A minute ago, you mentioned the impact that that would have had on the church in China at the time. Do you want to expand a little bit on that and uh, the aftermath? Yeah, yeah, there are. um, I I wish I had hours to tell you the stories of... um, the individual Project Pearl Bibles, but I'll just tell you one because it's very representative. And I also have a copy of it. This is my absolute treasure. You can see, uh, if those of you who are listening, I have a very a copy of one of those Bibles that was actually delivered 40 years ago. Uh, this Bible was used for um, 15 years. Okay, so, And you can see it's very well, it's very worn and the cover it because it, it has just a very heavy uh, vinyl cover but the cover is torn but inside everything is still is still there i mean it's 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 readable it's this was in uh simplified script the project pearl bible was the entire bible in simplified script that Mao Zedong had introduced to china which was the, what was being taught to young people to read um, simplified script, but this particular very beat up copy of the Bible is one that we we retrieved 15 years later. It 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 um, went to a young house church pastor, a young man who had a, a large group of young people, and, and none of them had a Bible. So he found out that there was a pastor. And a, a full-time pastor who lived 20 kilometers away from them, and he would ride his bicycle every week, and that pastor had a Bible. So this young house church leader would drive his bicycle every week for 20 clicks, and he would study from that pastor's Bible, make notes, copy scriptures, whatever, make his notes, talk to the pastor about the passage he was going to share. 
and he'd bicycle back 20 clicks and and he would share these notes with his house church that was how they survived spiritually uh, uh biblically and he did this for three years he prayed for a long time saying lord his daily prayer was lord please somehow send me a bible i mm. i i i need it for this group well after project pearl somehow he got a copy of the bible one of this and it's this one that i'm i'm holding in my hand he got this book and he was so excited to have this bible now of his own for the first time he began to read and he he read the entire bible through in one week and then the second week he read it through a second time and the third week he read it through a third time so you know this guy isn't working anywhere because you know it takes at least 70 hours to read an english bible all the way through and i'm sure chinese is much different so he spent better part of three weeks reading the bible three times and he said my people need to know this message and he became an itinerant evangelist and he started traveling with his little bit little book and leading people to faith in jesus setting up house churches among them and going on and um, it was 15 years later in 1996 that one of our colleagues had been asked to come visit a house church leader that nobody had met before and so it was a lady and she went there and uh, she met with this man and he said i've i've asked you to come because my house church is is so large and we're leading so many people to jesus every month that we need we need bibles and we we hear that that uh, you folk can, uh, can help provide them now this is 96 now we're talking quite a while later so she she says well, we, we could, we'll, we'll do the best we can. We are providing for a number of groups and we could, we could add your group. She says, tell me about your group. And he pulled out this, this Bible and he told her the story I've just told you. He said, I, I was a single house church leader and I read this thing through three times in three weeks and I became an itinerant evangelist. And she was shocked to find that after 15 years of ministry, this, this man now led a group that was 400,000 believers. Wow. And, and this is China. I mean, it's just in the countrysides. It was just amazing what God did. And this guy, at that time in 1996, had a network of house churches that numbered 400,000 believers. And they were leading 20,000 people to the Lord every month. And he said, we need 20,000 Bibles a month just for new Christians that are coming to faith in Jesus through our 400,000 people. And um, so she said to him, I recognize that book. And it came from the sea. And he said, yes, he said, I heard that. This was an expression that Christians in China to this day use. It was called the Bible from the sea. And uh, she saw it and she said, oh, she said, I've got a really nice study Bible with me in Chinese. And she digs it out of her backpack and she says, I'll trade you the study Bible for this little Bible that you've got from the sea. And he goes, no, this was my first Bible. He said, why can't I have both of them? 
<laughs> and she said to him, well, I know some of the guys who, who brought those Bibles to from by the sea, and they would love to see the Bible that you used uh, all these 15 years. And he said, oh, in that case, okay, I will give it to you. So he gave up his Project Pearl Bible after using this thing for 15 years. And and in, instead, he got himself a beautiful study Bible. And uh, it, it, it made me realize that, you know, there's a time factor involved, but one man, one, one committed man in China and, and one copy of God's word and uh, a heart that wants to share. It is no wonder that in the 80s, the, the, uh, the church just mushroomed in that country. And we had no idea. So these Bibles were used to help feed that revival that was going on in the country. We had no idea of that. We did, we did Project Pearl, one, because one group of Chinese Christians asked us for them. They said, we need them. We, were, we thought we were just meeting a need. And we had our own objectives, too. Another one was we really wanted to try and push China to start printing Bibles inside the country so that you didn't have to bring them in from outside. And also, we wanted the church around the world to understand a little bit about the house church and how it had grown. Because all the different pastors I've met in China, I just ask them, why, did the, why has the church grown so much in this country? And they said, oh, uh, for you Westerners, we have a nice three-part answer. He says, first of all, we are willing to suffer for Jesus, no matter what it is we have to put up with. If it's for Jesus, we will suffer for Jesus. Number two, we don't need buildings. He said, there's nothing wrong with buildings, but we don't need buildings to be the church. And number three, we're willing to die for Jesus. I mean, you know, if, if, if it comes to that, you know, we're going to be with him the next second after we die. So why are we afraid to die for Jesus? And, you know, if you have that kind of passion and that kind of drive, yeah, it's no wonder that the uh, the church just mushroomed in China and continues almost to this day mm-hmm. um, in in many areas uh, since the Tiananmen Square massacre in uh, 1989. Um, a lot of that 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 revival movement began to impact the cities. This was started out in the countrysides, but now you have intellectuals in China who have become Christians and. And the, the, there's a whole dynamic of cross-section of the countries that are now followers of Jesus. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it for today, that reminder that the church in China is just growing so much and has been so blessed by the Word of God. That's such an incredible reminder. And for us in Canada, it's it can be convicting, the idea that uh, people around the world are willing to suffer and die for their faith and don't have to be in a yeah. building to um, to have a community of Christ followers. It's yeah, a during this thing. during during this COVID time, that's significant. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, oh, it really you is. don't you really don't need a building to yeah. fulfill the five functions of the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Paul, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This is such an incredible story, and I hope 
that uh, those of you listening have appreciated it and are uh, would love to learn more. Paul, you mentioned you had uh, written a book about this called Night of a Million Miracles. That is mm-hmm. available for purchase on the Open Doors website. I will make sure it to is. link that in the description of this podcast. Good. Paul, thank you uh, so much for being with us today and for being willing to share your story and for being a part of Project Pearl 40 years ago. Well, that was uh, it was uh, the greatest project of my life, and yeah. and um, I, I just thank the Lord for the opportunity to be part of it with a, a group of 20, 20 men on the boat, and then a, probably at least another twenty people who were involved in, in you know in the ministries mm-hmm. administration levels. So it was a big group of people that that were trusting God for that to be accomplished and. And it only happened because of God's miraculous interventions. You know, yeah. as, as the captain says, we were a bunch of guys that didn't really know what we were doing, but God wanted those Bibles to get into the hands of believers, and He He used us to do it. <laughs> yeah. Hence the million miracles. Yeah. Well, Paul, we often uh, end the podcast with a word of prayer, and I wonder if you'd be willing to do that, maybe for the church in China sure. today, forty years later. Yeah. Absolutely. Lord, it's uh, it's been a joy to relive uh, some of the miraculous things you have done, uh, not only in the, the ministry of Open Doors, which we have seen time and time again, but in the lives of um, Christian people in China. I think of that young man who prays for a Bible every day for three years before he actually gets one, but you knew the right timing um, for him to get it, and we thank you that you uh, were enabled him to then fulfill um, the vision that he had for impacting other people. Thank you for the way your church has grown in China and uh, continues to this day, and we know that because even today there's more and more pressure on the church in China from the authorities because uh, they see it they see it as a threat because of the uh, size of the church and because of the um, almost like uh, the times of the Bible when the people were expected to worship the emperor and refused to do that because Jesus was Lord, not Caesar is Lord. And so we thank you that um, Chinese Christians also see you as Lord. And we pray that you would uh, bless this church and continue to increase it in this country of so many people who need to know about you. And we thank you for uh, your living word. And we thank you for the examples that we see there of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to purchase Paul's book, A Night with a Million Miracles, click on the link in the description and you can purchase it off the Open Doors website. We'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone so more people can find out about our persecuted family and be praying for them. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved, and then click Prayer.